0: The Big Wake Up by Mark Coggins is what you hope every private eye novel will be, says Edgar Award winning author Megan Abbott. Find it in ebook or trade paperback wherever books are sold. In this podcast, it's read by author Mark Coggins. Learn more about Mark and his other novels at markcoggins.com. Chapter 10 Love Poems of Maximo. A report to Rivero seemed like the next logical step. He, Orlando, and Molina, it turned out, were all ensconced in a warren of connecting suites at the Ritzy Fairmont Hotel, which was only a block and a half away up Mason. We decided to walk, and Molina sorted through Maximo's cards and letters to Araceli as we went every so often remarking on something she read, with a half-muttered fragment of Spanish. I didn't understand most of what she said, but the tone didn't sound appreciative. When the hotel doorman bowed us into the marble-columned lobby, Melina squared the stack of correspondence and dropped it into her purse, where she had already put the photos.
1: Well, he is no Cyrano de Bergerac, that is for certain.
0: I don't suppose he mentioned anything about the grave. Or your father, even.
1: No, nothing like that. The most common theme is a discussion of Araceli's breasts. The next is his wonderful car and how much he wants to have sex with her in it.
0: I see. I knew better than to comment further on that. We dodged a tour group of Asian women who were all clutching little turquoise shopping bags from Tiffany's and came up to the high-speed elevators that served the upper floors. Did you get a sense for how long they'd been seeing each other? Another black uniformed hotel employee held the elevator door for us, and Melina pressed the button for the 33rd floor.
1: Most of the letters are not dated, she said. But I did see a card from Christmas a year ago, so it must have started sometime before that. When it ended exactly, I cannot say.
0: How do you know it ended? Melina gave a grim little smile.
1: For one, I would like to think that no sister of mine would continue to see a... a Asshole? Yes, thank you. Asshole like that after he wrote all the... Crass? Crass things he did. For another, the last few letters are pleas for her to take him back. Apparently, she did not.
0: The elevator bonged to single our floor and we stepped out into the corridor. We hadn't called to see if Rivero was in, but Molina was certain he would be waiting since she had already told him about the lead I had gotten from Arrow. As it turned out, he was more than waiting. He was positively pining. The door swung open the moment Molina tapped on it, and Rivero called over his shoulder for Orlando when he saw it was us. He reached across to grip my elbow.
2: I hope you have good news to report, Mr. Reardon. Yes, good
0: news. Good news. And puzzling news, too.
2: I want to hear all of it.
0: He stepped aside.
2: Please, make yourself comfortable on the couch.
0: And then to Melina.
2: Perhaps you should wait in your room.
0: Orlando appeared in a doorway at the back of the suite and bowed to me, his stiff right arm still not moving naturally with the rest of his body. I half turned to steer Melina in front of me. I think Melina had best stay. She can help with the puzzling part of the story. Rivero pushed his lips together in a distinctly fish-like expression and shrugged slightly.
2: Very well. Both of you sit down and tell us what you've discovered.
0: We took places on the red silk couch, with me making sure I sat far enough away from Molina that it wasn't obvious to Rivero that I had the hots for his daughter. I told him the first part of the story beginning with my visit to Mountain View Cemetery and taking them all the way through to my encounter with Maximo. Something, I'm not quite sure what, made me withhold his name and the fact that he was connected to Araceli, but I gave a full description of him and his twin. I ended by producing the copy of the burial transit permit and passed it across to Rivero. He had frowned and exchanged glances with Orlando when I went through the showdown at the Vital Statistics office, but he brightened visibly when he saw the permit.
2: Excellent. That's exactly what we needed.
0: Or a part of it, anyway. To get a court order for exhumation, I'm told you'll also need Maria's death certificate from Italy, as well as a marriage certificate or some other proof of her maiden name. There's also the problem with the dates. The permit has her being born 20 years earlier.
2: The permit is wrong. I am the oldest in the family. The dates on the headstone are the right ones.
0: I leaned forward, resting my elbows on my knees. Still, it seems odd that the mistake was so significant. I'd have expected the digits from one of the days or the years to be transposed. Not for everything to be different, including the months.
2: It will not matter. We have all the other documentation, and it is consistent.
0: What about Juan Valdez, the fake name used on the permit and to purchase the plot? Rivero waved the concern away like a nettlesome insect. It is
2: nothing. Bruno was trying to hide his identity.
0: All right. How about the men who followed me and got a copy of the permit? That's harder to ignore. Molina started to say something but I patted the space between us, hoping to signal her to remain quiet. She got the hint, leaving Orlando to jump into the gap.
3: Are you sure they weren't following you because of some business of your own, rather than ours?
0: He paused for effect, and I realized that of the three of them, he spoke the best English.
3: After all, as a private detective, I'm sure you make many enemies. Perhaps among people you don't even know.
0: That was my first thought, too. But why would they bother to get a copy of the permit? It doesn't make sense unless they were interested in Maria for some reason of their own. Nothing from my description of them sounds familiar. No one you know from here or Argentina? Both men shook their heads. How about if I mentioned that the name of the bigger one was Maximo, or that he was dating Araceli?
2: How do you know that?
0: demanded Rivero. Molina. I said, why don't you show your father one of the pictures we found in Araceli's apartment? Melina pressed her lips together like she wasn't thrilled with the idea, but reached into her purse and withdrew the photo book. She flipped it open to a picture of Maximo with a Golden Gate Bridge in the background and put it on the coffee table in front of us. Both men looked down, almost involuntarily, and I didn't have much doubt that I saw recognition in each of their faces. I pointed at Maximo and was about to press harder when Rivero erupted into Spanish. Molina answered in an injured tone. Rivero volleyed back, and then she, Rivero, and Orlando launched into a three-way exchange that was faster and hotter than what I imagine went on at the Buenos Aires Futures trading floor. They could have been talking about futures, too, for all I knew. Orlando finally put a stop to it by holding up his good hand.
3: You'll have to excuse us, Mr. Reardon. The subject of Araceli and her behavior continues to be a difficult one for the family. We don't know this Maximo fellow, but he doesn't sound like he was a particularly good influence on Araceli. Or perhaps it was the other way around. In any case, it's clear for some reason he took it upon himself to meddle in father's affairs. But... But we thank you for your efforts. You've done everything we asked and more, in very short order.
0: He got out of the chair to pick up an envelope from a table by the window.
3: Father wants you to accept this bonus.
0: But I tried again. Please! He said.
3: The assignment is complete and we three have to talk about the next steps for my aunt. Thank you again.
0: I looked over to Melina, but she was busy determining the thread count of the Berber carpet. I stood... Wavered for a moment, then took the money from Orlando. I let him jolly me out of the suite, fielded a last left handed shake from him, and found myself standing in the hall with the door closed in my face. I trudged down the corridor to the elevator, not even bothering to look inside the envelope. I had pressed the button to go down and was waiting for a car to show up when a door to a closer room yanked open and Melina stuck her head out. August. She whispered, "I will call." You have been listening to *The Big Wake Up*, a book Publishers Weekly described as outstanding in a starred review. Find it in ebook or trade paperback wherever books are sold. In this podcast, it's read by author Mark Hoggins. Learn more about Mark and his other novels at. MarkCoggins.com.